Good day and welcome to today's Capital One Teachable Tuesday webinar hosted by NAI CIDA. Today's webinar is Spring Semester Challenges, Communicating with ADs, Coaches, and Student Athletes. Please welcome our presenters, Bree Campbell, Assistant AD for Communications and Senior Women's Administrator William Jessup, Aaron Segraves, Director of Athletics at Cornerstone, Ron Smith, Sports Information Director at Westmont, and Steve Wilson, Director of Athletics at Kansas Wesleyan. I'm Zachary Shore, Assistant AD for Communications and Marketing at Madonna, and will serve as the webinar moderator today. We appreciate you joining us. Before we begin, we would like to say a quick thank you to corporate partner Capital One, presenting sponsor of COSIDA's Continuing Education Series. As a reminder, this on-demand webinar will be posted later today on COSIDA.com and COSIDA's YouTube channel. Please invite your colleagues to listen and watch the on-demand webinar as it is free to everyone. We encourage you to submit any questions you might have, place your questions and comments in the chat box, and your questions will be addressed throughout the webinar. Today's webinar will be a roundtable discussion with our four experienced panelists on some of the challenges we are going to face this spring and how to properly communicate with all involved. Um, we're gonna go ahead and get started today, just having each panelist kind of introduce themselves and share a little bit about themselves, their role, and um, kind of their years of experience. So, um, Bree, if you want to go ahead and get us started. All right. Hi, I'm Bree Campbell. Um, I am the assistant AD, like he said, uh, of communications at William Jessup University here in Northern California. I also serve um, as a senior women's administrator and, and in my second year serving as the head softball coach. Um, so lots of different uh, hats being held here at Jessup, but super excited to continue to be able to serve the department in a capacity um, just supporting both our student athletes, but also our coaches as an administrator. Um, it's going to be exciting just to talk about kind of all different aspects of my position as it is with challengings for the spring uh, with all of us playing in the spring. So I'm excited uh, to dive into that a little bit deeper later. Awesome. Uh, Aaron. Yeah, my name is Aaron Saygraves. I'm the current athletic director at Cornerstone University in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, I have a little bit of background in sports information, served as an SID at um, Davenport and then Cornerstone before becoming the AD here about two and a half years ago. Um, just excited to, to explore with these guys and learn from, especially like Steve and Bree and Ron, on what they're doing on their campuses uh, as it pertains to our staff, not just sports information staff, but I think our whole game staff as it goes to the spring, we're all going through different challenges. I think one of the unique things is about this is that we're all in different states we're all in different regions of where we're being affected by this so even talking last night with these guys uh just excited to see what uh our opportunities that are out there and then making the most of whatever we can for our student athletes and coaches That's awesome ron yeah ron smith sports information director at westmont uh, we have a two-person office here myself and uh, my assistant tim hyduk and uh, out of our office, we run not only our all the sports information, but all of our broadcasting, all of our game management, um, and everything that's associated with sports information as well. So uh, we're looking at a very busy spring semester and look forward to talking about it. And then Steve. Yeah, thank you. Um, Steve Wilson, I'm the, the Director of Athletics at Kansas Wesleyan. I've been here um, just about a year, actually 13 months, so a, a year and a month. Um, Prior to that was um, 
like Aaron, uh, an SID, a proud COSIDA member for 15 years, and um, just fully believe that that the professional development through COSIDA um, helped me to get to where where I am and, and an increase in, in responsibilities. Um, I joke with people, it feels like I've been here seven years in this year um, of this pandemic, um, but I, you know, just, just the, um, the amount of teamwork that goes in campus to campus. Um, this is an exciting group to be a part of. Awesome. Thank, thank all of you for, for joining us today. Um, you know, we're happy to have each of you here with us. Aaron and Steve, we'll go ahead and start with you guys. Uh, with each of you having both the role as an SID and now an AD, what are some of the biggest challenges you guys are seeing coming this spring? And how do you guys think communication between offices and staff can really help alleviate some of those issues. You were me flip a coin. I'll go first. Sure. LST, he's um, the veteran. <laughs> well, the challenges I think are twofold. Um, one, for for us, it's a volume of events. We have a um, we have a two week stretch where all 24 teams are going to be playing at the same time. That's a daunting reality. Um, the other piece to that is that I think everyone is sick of the word pivot, right? Um, so, so being flexible, it's not schedules can change. It's, it's schedules will change. It's going to happen. Um, you're going to have games postponed and you're going to have a week that you looked at the calendar and, and it, you thought it was one thing and it'll be very different in three hours. We're all living that. Those of us that are playing are living that right now. Um, the, the, I guess the, the charge and the stress that I've given to RSID is, is how can you train others? How can you leverage me? He's at an advantage. Um, Aaron's SID is at an advantage. Those of, those of you that have um, an, an athletic director or an associate AD or someone else on staff who's been through that, you're at an advantage and you need to ask for that help. Um, I, I, I joke with RSID that, that there are, I believe, five of us on campus that have some background in in, in sports information. Two of them are coaches. There's another in university communications, uh, me, and then of course, David Tolley, our, our SID, but um, how can they cover basics? And I think it's important when you get into that, not to do too much. You're gonna hear me say that more than once today. Um, do what you can do, make sure the basics are covered. Um, and then who else in your community? How can you serve others? Is there an opportunity for, for you to be of service to someone else who might be able to pay that favor back. I, I don't know that any of our calendars are going to allow a ton of that, but when it's there, um, it's going to be appreciated on the other side, and I can almost guarantee it, it will be um, repaid. And then I think the last part to remember on that is um, you are how people are going to connect to the game in most cases. I, I don't know that anybody's filling up a stadium this year. Many of us are going no fans. Um, you're going to need to, if, if you're doing live video, which I think if you're not, um, you're, you're probably not in this business at this point, um, you, you need to make sure that it works. You need to test it often. And again, don't bite off more than you can chew. We, we made a significant investment um, in video here, knowing that, that we were going to have to throttle down our attendance for football. Um, we couldn't have more than 487. And yes, I counted every one of them seats in our stadium. Um, that, that folks could be there for. That meant that literally thousands of people couldn't be at games. Their only way to watch was to, to get online. And we had to make sure that one, it worked. Um, if it didn't work, doesn't matter how many cameras you've got, doesn't matter what flashy graphics you've got, none of it matters if it's not on there. 
um, but we did we did make an investment in it um, and and we knew that we were the only way and, and by we I mean the guy down the hall um, was the only way that that some folks were following this game and they were they were hanging on every tweet every Facebook post every Instagram post that that, that our folks put out and then diving into those videos they like the highlights they like the replays um, you know, so all the extras are great, but but make sure you can do it right first. Yeah, I don't know if there's a whole ton of new things I would say to add on to Steve's stuff. Um, my main thing where communication is usually the key to everything, isn't it? Um, I think that's way we've got to lean back on that. Um, I mean, you know, having weekly meetings with your game operations, event management staff, not just sports information, and make sure your sports information is included in that. I think a lot of times, uh, the SIDs on a lot of small college campuses or even big campuses can kind of get left out of that conversation when I view them as one of my most important positions. One, I, I was one, so I always wanted to be included in that. But then two, they make so many different things happen. They're the ones that probably wear the most hats of any of us in terms of what they're responsible on game days. And so if you're the SID out there that's listening in, make sure that you are getting involved in that conversation. Um, just a, a conversation with you and the AD, but you and the game op operations staff or whoever that may be, because you've got an insight that many people don't have. Um, and then I also, I think Steve mentioned it too, to try to get a lot of people, a different people involved. Uh, we have a brother sister team at Cornerstone. Uh, so like one of our, like our women's soccer team is with our baseball team and our men's basketball team is with our um, track and field team, for example. We've actually partnered with different events of like, if there's a women's volleyball event, our men's volleyball players are working it. If there's a baseball event, our women's soccer players may be working it. So we've talked about those those pairings as well uh, to help alleviate what that'll be on game staff during that you know that late January to early April. It's kind of we're looking at that two and a half month stretch in the SID world. It's always the crossover seasons, you know, in the fall to winter and then the winter to spring. Well, we're gonna have about a three month crossover season, which um, is not normal. Uh, and then I think, like Steve said, make yourself available as the AD, I think is huge. Don't be afraid to ask your AD for help. I'm pretty consistent with mine, my assistant ADs. Um, if I'm not willing to do the task myself, I shouldn't be willing to ask them to do it. And so um, I think just having that open relationship with your AD is going to be a huge point uh, to make sure that you guys are on the same page. Thank you guys. Great insight there from Steve and Aaron. Uh, pivot now to Bree. You know, Bree, you mentioned you're wearing three, three, four different hats over there at William Jessup. You know, how important have you found communication is with your AD, your coaches, but even your student athletes as a softball coach? And then, you know, what discussions have you had, you know, with your staff and then even your players about the challenges you guys might face this spring? For sure. I think um, Aaron said it, and I know it's like a cliche, but it's communication is key. It's, I mean, in our department, it's the number one thing. Um, the thing that we stress as well in our department, and I'm blessed to have two people serving with me here um, full time in Matt Horrocks and then a part time in Chris English. And um, that's been a great support system for me as a coach because being in season in the spring, um, I need, you know, a little bit more support on that end. Uh, last year, I was writing my own game stories and that was by far the hardest thing to do is to quote yourself in a story when you lost. But um, <laughs> luckily this year, we won't have to do that. Um, but for us, 
it's relational. Our department is 100% relational. And during this fall, we've really focused on being able to build those relationships, especially with a number of new coaches coming on, uh, to be able to open the dialogue now and have that relational um, connection for the spring. So we have a couple um, basketball games that have been going on. Um, like, you know, Steve and Aaron said, they happen, they don't happen. We find out, you know, hours before. Um, and those relationships have been able to be the foundation of the communication that needs to happen with our department. So if things aren't happening, if locations are changing and all of a sudden we're hosting and not, you know, on the road, um, it's very important to make sure that that line of communication, whether it's a text or a call, is there with your head coaches as a sports information department. Um, and then on that end of it, as well as for a coach, um, we're preparing for the spring, being a spring sport. Um, we're preparing student athletes that didn't have half of their spring last year, and we're trying to instill hope that we're gonna have it this year. Um, but with that also comes the main concern of being transparent with them, letting know, letting them know how things have happened, um, but also being able to adjust. I was talking to one of my student athletes yesterday, um, and she was saying that I'm hopeful for it, but I'm preparing for this. Um, I'm hopeful for our games that we're going to play, but I'm going to emotionally and mentally prepare for this as well. And I think that something we stress with my team specifically is wellness all around and a lot of times we forget about that mental aspect of our student athletes and how they're adjusting with what's happening um and with that covid screenings making sure everything's going through um adding to their list of things but also understanding that these are the new foundations in order for us to play um and i think that our student athletes see that we care about them and that's something Steve talked about last night like we just want them to play we will do anything to help them to get them to play we have soccer games um middle of the week 10 a.m 12 a.m I'll be working a soccer game and then I'll be going to practice um and that's just the nature of the beast and I think all of us why we're in this industry is to support our coaches and our student athletes and in order to do that we have to be all hands on deck um when we have that crossover season being planning now what's a skeleton crew like what's the least number of people i can have at baseball softball and basketball um so the fall has been instrumental for myself and our department in preparing uh for the spring and what that's going to look like in staffing as well as um life balance right we can look at the schedule and say okay hey um we've got a lot of games this week but you need to make sure that you take Thursday off because you're working Saturday and you need to make, make sure that you're taking off, you know, Tuesday because you're going to be working the rest of the week. Um, and being able to work as a team in that sense, too, because that's something I really try to stress with our department as well. There's never going to be a work life balance. It's a work life integration. <laughs> um, but at the same time, if we can create a habit um, of being able to have some kind of balance in that, uh, even in what's going to be crazy this spring, uh, it's going to create healthy habits, you know, along the way. That's that's some great insight there, Bree, and something that I'm sure my assistants are listening to saying, hey, when can I get that day, <laughs> that day off? Um, that's awesome. Ron, you know, you've been in this game a long time. You've probably seen and dealt with more than most of us, but I'm sure you've never seen anything like 
what we're going to be facing this spring. You know, what are some discussions you and your team have had about challenges your office will face this year? And, you know, what plans have you guys maybe put in place to make sure the season goes as smoothly as possible? Yeah, I think uh, Aaron talked about a three-month crossover season. I think ours is going to be more like four to four and a half, maybe five months, um, just because all of our fall sports are playing in the in the uh, uh, spring semester. And so that makes everything happening at one time. Um, there'll be a big sigh of relief when basketball is over, whatever that is. So that's, that's for certain. Um, I, we talked about communication already. Everyone talked about communication. That's probably not surprising for communication professionals to talk about that. Uh, but there's a few aspects of that that I really wanted to emphasize. Obviously, yes, we need to be in contact with our coaches. And what I would say about that is be proactive. Um, we, we sometimes wait for our coaches to approach us. I think we need to be proactive in saying, hey, what's the latest update? What can you tell me? I know I talked to you two hours ago, but I also know that two things have changed since then. So, you know, help me know um, what you're thinking, what might happen, what might be down the road, and then also be really clear about, okay, what can we release? What can't we release? What are we ready to say? What are we not ready to say? Um, but I think the communication also needs to happen. Um, we need to be aware of communication outside of our departments as well, um, keeping our media informed. Um, our local media here is so hungry for sports. We have no high school sports. We have very little college sports. Our uh, community college shut down for the rest of the year. Um, there's all, you know, they're just dying to go to, to, to events. And so um, the moment we suggest, hey, we might be playing on Friday, they're, they're planning on being there. They're scheduling reporters and photographers and videographers and people to come. So I have to make sure to keep them informed as to what's going on. Here's where, where we think we might be. Um, and then as soon as something gets settled, yes, this is where we're going. And as soon as something gets unsettled, no, we're not going there anymore um, and keeping them informed. Um, we also have a lot of people who work on um, campus who help us and support us in various ways or volunteers from out um, off campus and keeping them informed because they're making plans to come and help us, whether it's uh, photography or uh, running a, a scoreboard or doing a PA announcing. And we have to be in more contact with them than we've ever had to be before um, because we can't just give them a schedule at the beginning of the year and say, here it is. Um, the reality is it may change four times in the week. So, um, so that kind of communication is really important. Um, Aaron mentioned game staff. Well, for Tim and I, we are the game staff as well, um, game management staff. And so, um, you know, we're sitting down um, multiple times a week. We, we normally have a one week, one day a, uh, a week meeting where we go through all of that stuff, but we're having to do more con uh, conversation about that and, and how we're going to do it. And so all of that leads to this. One aspect that just has to fill our communication is that we have patience. Everyone is scrambling. Everyone is doing everything they can. And so even though we need to be proactive and going and trying to find out, we can't be demanding at the same time. They don't know, we don't know, we're all trying to figure out, we're all trying to work as, as, as well as we can. So we need to have a great deal of patience and of course that word flexibility and ability to pivot, those, those, were, those are really good words for us right now. 
Awesome. Thanks for that insight there, Ron. And, you know, I'd like to ask one more question before we get to some Q&A. We've got several questions coming in. You know, have any of you had any discussions with your uh, staffs about priorities and possible coverage adjustments from previous years? And then what advice would you give for SIDs about setting some of those boundaries and the importance of knowing, you know, when to say no or when to say, hey, this is, you know, like you mentioned earlier, Steve, we may not be able to say no, but, you know, explaining, hey, this is this is the max we can do. And then to your point, Brie, earlier, you mentioned a skeleton crew, you know, how many of you have had those discussions and what have those discussions looked like? And for an SI, maybe a newer SID or an SID who hasn't had that discussion, how would you suggest going about kind of bringing that up um, to your AD and coaches? I'll let anyone jump in and take that one. Yeah, I, think the, I think one of the biggest things you have to think about is do the basics right. As Steve or Bree, one of you guys said it, um, you got to do the basics. Um, and you understand that you're going to have maybe a, a soccer, baseball, softball, and potentially like a volleyball game all at the same time on your campus. And so uh, the, the feasibility of trying to do two games via video, three games via video is probably just not there. Um, do basic better. Um, use your social media channels if you can to broadcast a game. If it's not on your sports network, maybe it's a, on a Facebook channel or something like that. Uh, but I also think that, you know, I've talked to our SID about it, like, hey, everything doesn't have to be the most important thing. And usually when you've got the spread out of, of events, you can focus on one or two events at a time or one or two seasons at a time of like, hey, they're the marquee game or something. Like I, I keep telling, you know, sports information readers, not just me, I'm like, get off of social media so much, like enjoy time away from social media. You like 24 seven, they're on their phones, scrolling things. And I know that's a way that we are connected right now, but I think that also puts pressure on you when you're at work, be at work to do that work. When you're not try to get off of it. And I think that's a huge thing that I've also told my SID, Jesse Campbell, and, and he's been great in that. I'm like, Hey, take a break from that, get some time off, take off time now to get ready for that. Um, but I think as you're doing the game management stuff, Zach, that you said or the day of, yeah, there's going to be a lesser um, probably coverage of those, but being okay with that, making sure we can provide a live stats or a live video. So parents who aren't able to make it to games because they can't come to games, like Steve said, with all his games they play this fall, making sure they can follow along in some shape or form, whether it's social media Facebook, you know, whatever that might be, video or the streaming uh, service on your on your website or the live stats. So just making sure that you can handle those things is probably one of the most important things. You no, know, Ron, you you seem like you wanted to jump in there too. Yeah, as far as communication with ADs um, uh, and other folks that might be able to help you out, um, we I've had a conversation with my AD just about how the 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 flexibility we need and the fact that we may not even know we're hosting a game for 36 hours before start time means that we might not be able to perform at the same level um, in terms of staffing in terms of, of all the things that we want to do um, we do prioritize certain things i think the broadcasts are extremely important because we will have no fans at any of our events all year long um, and so um, parents want to be connected they want to be involved and so finding ways 
not only to broadcast but to do so in a way that that um, that uh, is meaningful and that is professional I think is important to do but if you can't do that if you if you uh, can broadcast at a different level because you do have multiple events on that day then that's helpful um, Bree and I, uh, our schools are both part of the Golden State Athletic Conference, and at the conference level, they've done a very good job of um, trying to space it out so that we don't have a whole lot of multiple events at home on the same day. Um, and that has to come from the conference level when we're talking about conference games. Now, that doesn't control non-conference events, um, but in our situation, it's been really hard to get non-conference games, so there haven't been um, a great deal of those. Um, the other thing I would say is take some time um, to debrief. Um, we had our first home basketball game last week, and Tim and I sat down on Monday morning and said, okay, what, what went right, what went wrong, what do we need to change? And going into our next home game, which is on Friday, um, we're taking some different approaches and fixing some things that we didn't know weren't going to work um, and taking care of those kinds of things. So find, being able to adapt from game to game, from week to week, is going to be really important. I'm gonna. I would. I would say there's a few mindset pieces that are gonna gonna really help people in the spring. One, um, I like to use the term grace a lot. Having grace for 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 others. Um, somebody that you're playing, it, something's gonna go wrong. You need to have grace for them. But your mindset changes when you have grace for yourself. And I've had a couple conversations like this with RSID, and, and that is he takes things, he's his own worst critic. Um, he's his toughest critic. If something goes wrong in a game, he internalizes that, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying there's anything, but he needs to, you, you, you need to, people need to, um, in, in the way the world is right now, have some grace for yourself. We're all human, things are gonna happen. Um, we have to maybe step back and think, maybe it will look a little more like the early, early 2000s at times. Things are just not gonna be perfect with this many games going at the same time. And one of the things that we've um, we've instituted on our, our campus is, a, um, and this came from our provost, but it's it's going to the source. So if, if you need, um, if you need a coach to help at a game, you don't need to come to my office to ask permission to, to ask the basketball coach to, to help at a baseball game um, or to ask, you know, employee X to help at event A. You just, you just don't need to come ask me that. Um, things are going to be moving too fast. Um, and, and I'm not going to be able to, to keep up with, with every request, I don't think. And then and I think the last part of this is talk about saying no and when to, when to draw lines. You're the only one that knows your own breaking point. Um, you're the one that knows when you need to take a walk around the stadium or take a drive or, um, God forbid, go home for the afternoon before five o'clock or before whatever time, you know, um, get out, make sure that you're, you're getting the job done, um, be transparent with where you are. I think that's the thing that's going to, going to get on a, on a supervisor's nerves at, at that point is if you're, if you're, um, saying you're one place and you're another, I think this is a time for us to all be, you know, a thousand percent honest with you, with each other. And I don't think any good AD is going to tell you, no, you don't need some flex time away from, away from the office. Yeah, definitely. I would just echo everything they said. And 
know your audience, I think, is the biggest thing that we're talking about in our department is, you know, how are we going to cater to our audience? Like Ron, we're not expecting to have fans for anything at this point. And so how can we continue to provide for those people that want to support our student athletes? Um, that's with the video. That's with the broadcast. Um, we're big on social media. So making sure that we're being able to capitalize this time where people are utilizing social media for information um, and gain followers. Why not use this as an opportunity to gain a following um, in that sense? But I also love what Aaron said um, about stepping away from it as well. That's something I wrote down just because I, I'm always asked, you always ask that question, hey, if you could go anywhere on vacation, where would you go, right? And I always say somewhere with no Wi-Fi. <laughs> like somewhere where I cannot get contacted, period, whether it be social media going off all the time or whatnot. Um, but it's so important to use that time as well to to Sundays. We're going to use that time to just take a deep breath, do nothing, because then we got to be ready to go on on Mondays. Uh, like Ron said, our conference is great and they kind of were able to space things out. But with spacing out, we've got games at 10 a.m. We've got, you know, different things like that. And so there's different um, challenges that are going to come with that. But as Steve said, everybody's willing to put in a hand and help. And, you know, we're lucky enough. We have the same thing. Um, we've got coaches like a baseball coach that does shot clock, different things like that. And I know all you got to do is walk across, you know, the hallway, whatever it might be, and ask. Um, and I know that anybody in this climate and for the student athletes, everybody's going to step up and be able to be there for them. Awesome. Thanks, guys. That was some some great insight. And you would know, like to go ahead and open it up for some question and answer time. We've got four questions to to hit already. Aaron, this one was directed to you. You mentioned SIDs wear many different hats. What advice do you give your own SID or any SID who may want to go help another school out that may be in a pinch this year? An example, PA announcing. Is that advised or ill-advised? That's a great question. Um, I, th I think the main thing I would always, as I try to take care of my staff and make sure I'm serving them well uh, and looking out for their best interest is what what is gonna serve them well and their family. Um, and I, I'm gonna make sure that we're, they take care of the priority that we've set here at Cornerstone, the expectations that I've laid out pretty clearly for him. Um, and then if they can meet those expectations, and then my next question will always be like, how will this affect your family? How will it affect what you're doing at home. If you can answer those two and say, hey, I can take care of both those things, that's a, it's totally up to you what you wanna do in your free time and helping somebody out. We're definitely gonna, when I was in SID, I helped out the area schools that are around Grand Rapids here because they needed help for national tournaments or weekend games that got rescheduled or something like that. So I get the idea of helping somebody out. I just wanna make sure that you take care of what needs to be done at your own school and then also making sure that you, you're taking into effect your family life and your personal life as well. Because like I said, and, and, and Bree, you reiterated it, like when you guys leave the office, when the SID leaves the office, they technically don't leave the office because of the phone, right? Of the, the social media aspect and the emails and, and things like that. That's why I say you, you got to make a separation there right now because when you guys get on social media, you feel like I got to make sure that all the accounts, soccer and basketball and the main accounts are all caught up to speed or making sure that the conversation around your school is going well. 
well, there's got to be a separation there because it can just bog you down. And it, it's bogged me down before too. So I, I understand that. I try to make sure my SID knows that as well. Um, and so I think that's an important thing to look at. If you want to do anything else, make sure that your responsibilities are done well. And then I will always ask you the question, how does this affect your family? That's, that's a great answer there. Thank you, Aaron. Um, another question came in. Um, this can go to, to any of you, through any of you four. How do you suggest recruiting additional game crew? Almost all of my staff are students and many of them work multiple sports. I don't have a very deep bench. I know someone mentioned having one sports team work with another. Aaron, do you want to touch base again, just briefly on kind of the buddy system you mentioned you guys have over at Cornerstone? Yeah, uh, we have a brother-sister team, so we pair up each one of our teams. Um, and we actually hosted a pretty big, we just started men's volleyball this year. And we had a really big event outside on our baseball field, in front of the stands, under the lights. And to find all the workers it would take to run, we had two different, uh, you know, two different courts set up there. And then all like the game management of making sure the fans and making sure the, the statistics, the line judges, all that kind of stuff. To save some money, we just had our women's volleyball team work though that event. And so um, they were the line judges, they did the scores, they did the, you know, those kind of things. And that was a huge help to them. Uh, I think some of our baseball guys were the guys taking tickets. You're not tickets, it was more of the screening for COVID. We didn't charge for the event, but making sure you screen for COVID and here's the parameters of what we can do, where you can sit, where you can't. Um, and that's one way of doing it. I also think that, you know, working with different departments on campus and having them, you know, ticket tables is something, concessions, if you can do concessions, uh, that can be an opportunity for you guys to involve other people. Sports information can be tough because you've got, there's some training that's involved there, right? You can't just throw somebody on stack crew for volleyball and expect them to go. That's going to be a learning process. Uh, but maybe a camera person or maybe a person that's going on a can uh, like a production truck type thing where they're going between cameras, like Steve mentioned. Um, that's something that you can train somebody pretty easily on to do basic well again. Um, so involving other people on campus is always a passion of mine too, because it allows them to come in and see how athletics is functioning. Awesome. You know, Bree and Ron and your roles as SIDs, what do you guys, you know, Ron, I saw you shaking your head about having limited staff. How do you guys go about maybe finding some additional crew? Yeah, I think that's um, a challenge. It's going to be a challenge for us. We've tried to kind of skate by uh, in the fall without um, uh, hiring additional student workers because uh, we're just trying to keep budgets low and we frankly didn't have much for them to do. Um, and so we didn't want to be hiring them and then not being able to give them hours. Um, but we're going to have a big push on hiring people. Uh, we have an on-campus process where we hire student workers, post jobs and that kind of thing. Um, but also word of mouth. So those student workers you do have, they're your best recruiters. They're the ones that can go out and say, um, hey, how would you like to be a broadcaster? How would you like to learn how to do stats? Um, how would you like to, to help at an athletic event? Bree and I have an advantage because we can go and say, if you want to go to an athletic event, this is the only way you can go. So there's an added benefit this year, um, which is you actually get to attend an event. Um, and so use that, you know, that because for us, that's going to be uh, very much true. And uh, so, so don't don't lose that at, at all. Um, 
and, and I would say you're going to need bigger staffs than you normally do, um, not just because you're going to have more events in a week, but because of the flexibility that you're going to have to have. You're going to have everything lined up for a Tuesday, and that game got changed till Thursday. Um, and you can't use the same student workers because they've got class on Thursday that they didn't have on Tuesday. Um, and so you're going to need more flexibility and probably a bigger staff. Yeah, we're running into a lot like Aaron. We don't have a buddy system, but a lot of our fall athletes work spring sports and our spring athletes work fall sports. Um, and so we're running into a massive shortage just because they're all going to be playing at the same time. Um, our biggest thing will be pushing uh, one, our full, not our full time staff, but like our concrete staff that kind of have nine to fives outside of work um, coming in and helping us. But then also, we've tapped into a lot of alumni that are still in the area. So, you know, uh, baseball players or different people that love working for us, it's, it's extra money for them, you know, especially for late volleyball, basketball games, um, weekend baseball games, softball games, they just get to come do scoreboard, different things like that, um, make a little bit of extra money, but we already have them on payroll, which is great because they were already workers before then. Um, and then also it's an opportunity for them to continue to give back to their sport. A lot of them see it in that where they want to continue to be a part of the warrior family. Um, and that's a way for them to do it. Another thing for us would be, and I don't know, this might be an option for Ron, just in us talking about it, it's come to mind. Um, our JCs haven't made a decision on what their decision or what they'll be doing this next year, but that's an option as well. You know, all of them run a lot of different sports um, and they have a lot of outside people that they bring in, such as announcers and statisticians and stuff. Uh, so that might be an opportunity for us when we have a lot of events going on at one time uh, to help those people continue to stay in the business and continue their craft um, and come over and help us for this season. That's that's great advice. We're, we've got, we have several community JCs around us that I didn't think about that, but I'm definitely going to attack that angle. Um, another question we have here, uh, how do you deal with coaches that don't communicate with the sports information staff effectively? I'd love to take a stab at that one if I can. That Go would ahead. be great. Um, no, I, I think I think whenever there's an issue like that, and I I, I like what was said earlier uh, by Ron about being proactive. So the SID needs to be in with the athletic director before that ever happens. Um, and and this is the SID's chance to set expectation with the athletic director. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, you need to set the expectation for what you want the coaches doing. Um, what are they telling you? And in many cases, uh, the AD is right there with the coach and knowing things. But if not, and the coach isn't telling the SID, um, they're also not telling their, their their supervisor. They're not telling the athletic director what's going on, um, if if that's the case. But um, this is uh, this is just not the time for coaches or or anyone um, to not be not be talking. There's never a time for that. But um, this is not the time for coaches to. Uh, not be talking to the SID, to the athletic trainer. We have a, um, we've tried to streamline that a little bit. We've got a pretty good little reply all email. You just delete the, delete the subject line and enter in what needs to be, what needs to be entered. But um, you need to check all the boxes when it's a, if it's a game reschedule, if it's, um, you know, oftentimes coaches are, are going to be the first to know if you were playing in a game and somebody was 
was exposed. That maybe is not an SID function, but um, the coaches are going to be on the front line of that, and, and they've got to communicate. Um, goes both ways, though. The, the SID has to communicate with with the coach. Um, SID has to communicate with the AD. And from our chair, um, if there's anything we're not telling people uh, that we should be telling people, then we're not doing our jobs as well as athletic directors. For me, it just goes back to that relational aspect. You know, um, if a coach, if you're trying to build that relational uh, relationship with a coach and they're kind of not for it, um, then you have to find another way around it. And if that is getting support from higher ups, then sometimes that's the way it should be. But that's why, again, I just stress continue to build those relationships now, whether, you know, not we're shut down so we can't come to campus, but um, before it's, you know, poking your head and be like, hey, coach, how's your day going? You know, what'd you do this weekend? Um, hey, heard you might have a game this day. Hey, just checking on your schedule. That face-to-face -face contact um, that we've been able to have in the past, and I don't know if we can do now, but the face-to-face -face contact is an opportunity to build um, that rapport with that coach. So then when things happen, and then like Steve said, when things happen on a dime, it's one thing we talk about is having that um, email chain already done so that the video team, the ATs, the umpires, the conference office, everybody's on there. So we just know, hey, we need to just send it to this mail group and we know we've hit everything and every person for a rain out. You know, in the past, we've had to do that for rain outs, right? Like, so that way we know that we've already set our contact list in order to be able to, when you're in the moment and have, oh, okay, who I have to send it to, there's always somebody you're going to forget. So if you set that now, um, it's an opportunity to not have to worry about missing that person. And, you know, if your AT doesn't know a game's canceled or your facilities person doesn't know when game ops is already setting up and it's not happening, so. No, those are, <clears throat> those are some really great ideas. Thank you. Aaron and or Steve and Bree for chiming in there. Um, last question we've got right now, unless someone wants to add one more to the chat. Uh, what role will social media play in communication for fans, spectators, students, scouts, really anyone, depending on information? You know, I think Ron and Aaron, you both said earlier about how people are going to be depending on us more than ever for broadcasts and news and you know, Ron, you mentioned the the local media just craving some of that content. You know, how how important will social media be? And you know, have you guys had any discussions or plans on how you want to use social media to get the word out? Yeah, I, I think social media is pretty critical to all of us all the time. Um, I, I I think the the development that that comes along is just um, making sure you include your social media with your changes. So we just added a women's basketball game today. I put out a press release. That press release goes out to our social media as well um, so that people know, hey, we've got a game on Friday. Not that you can come, but we have a game on Friday. Um, <laughs> and uh, but by the way, here's the uh, here's the link to the broadcast. Um, so I think, you know, you've got to incorporate those changes into the social media. Um, because that's in many ways the, the fastest way that people are going to find out, um, fans and students anyways, are going to find out about that. One creative way to continue to look at social media is not just be a megaphone. Uh, we heard about that when social media started. It's a conversation, it's not a megaphone. 
um, you got to keep having that. Content is always going to be key in social media. Uh, I still kind of cringe when I look at different, you know, school accounts or sport accounts, and they're just spitting out play-by-play. They're just spitting out uh, just no no content-driven information. And so it's not easy because you're trying to get as much information out there as possible, and that's where most people are getting the information from your sports, whether it's scores, articles, signings, whatever that may be. Continue to try to be creative. I think involving the student athletes, involving the coaches in a lot of those, getting them involved in their own team accounts, I think is a huge opportunity for them to, hey, this is an opportunity for you guys to really showcase who you are. And then the main accounts or the sports information director that they're overseeing those accounts, they can help promote those as well. Um, I'll never say that social media is gonna be uh, not a good tool, but I, I think at the time now, I'm, in the, I'm going back to the other side, it may be the opportunity to go back to kind of the play-by-play or the the score updates, things like that, because that may be where somebody can get the only information on that basketball game. If you've got a a basketball game, a baseball game, a softball game, and a soccer game all at the same time, you can't do live video for all of them. You probably won't be able to do live stats for all of them. So social media may be the best opportunity just to give updates of how that game is going. So there's definitely ways to tie that in. Continue to tell your student athlete story through social media. That's still got to be one of the most important items. I think I think social media is, a, is an opportunity to show some personality as well. Um, and, and you as SIDs, your administrators as much as we are. And, and uh, um, <clears throat> you know, it can be it can be personality analyzing a game. It can be a, a it's an opportunity for for your fans to 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 get to know you now. Some people are overshares and 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 some people um, are a little bit a little bit silly on on social media. And I'm probably the the, the first in that line. Um, my wife would tell you I need to take way fewer um, wisecracks at her on social media. But it's it's a chance that that you know I, I think you have an opportunity from a personal account if if you want that out there to to add more analytics to a game um you know you, you can ask your ad to do that kind of thing and i think aaron's right um those those team accounts those those departmental accounts those may go back toward the the you know it's it's more of a news feed at that point um i don't know that any of us want to see it go that direction but it might be a necessity right now that's one thing we did a couple years ago is we integrated from having just one social media account to each sport having their own social media account. So when day game or game days occur, updates during that game time happen just on that sport specific account. So you're not flooding your main account and losing followers for maybe somebody who doesn't care for baseball, but only wants to hear about basketball or vice versa. And so that has really helped us I mean, some teams have more followers than others, depending on success and, you know, recognition and things like that. Um, but that's something that we will continue to push on those sports specific accounts uh, because again, who knows like what each game is going to look like for updates. And it's a quick, if someone's at work, you know, and they have Twitter, they can just quickly click and see what, you know, the second quarter, you know, score is. Awesome. We had a couple more questions that just came in. Um, you know, Bree, this might be a good one for you since you are a head coach as well as in your administrative role. You know, what message are you sending to your student athletes right now? It's huh. a great question. 
Um, yesterday, we, we started implementing again our Motivation Mondays. So we have a touch point every single week where we have a Zoom with our student athletes, um, with my team specifically. Um, as I touched a little bit, we're focusing more on mental health. Uh, just because this is such a different time. Our students uh, went home at Thanksgiving and didn't come back for, for dead week or finals. And so they're adjusting to the online system. Uh, a lot of them talked about the stresses. They used to be like, oh yeah, I wanna take online classes, but now they're wanting that in-class opportunity. It's like, no, I'm ready to get back you know, in class so I can have the interaction. And so um, for us, the messaging, is just transparency number one um and the biggest thing we we really stress is respect as well right so the one thing our student athletes don't want to get sick right because if they get sick then they're either out because they have symptoms or maybe they do you know contract the virus and now they're out because of that um they don't want to inhibit their team from not being able to practice they don't you know want to miss out on games but what we're instilling is, listen, we would rather everybody be healthy and safe. So let being honest and transparent with everything that's going on so that we can have the future season coming up. Um, that is just something that we are going to continue to push. And as an, as a department as well, um, is having respect. There are student athletes that are high risk. So how can we protect them by protecting ourselves as well and being smart, whether we live on campus or live off campus as well. So um, more of that playing for the person standing next to you is now living for the person standing next to you and that you're playing with because um, what we do outside of practice um, and classes and things like that could affect um, more than just ourselves. And if we are a team, not just sports specific, but as a department, as a university, um, how can we help inhibit a positive environment um, to go forward? That's perfect. Um, thank you, Bree. It's great to have your insight as a, as a head coach paired with the, the administrative path. Um, you know, we got another question. Uh, we currently don't allow fans at our games. However, we still have fans show up or get negative remarks via social media. We do social media blasts on game days, but it's been negative and I've heard all the stories from fans. How do we spin this in a positive light? Ron, you want to take that one? Yeah, there, there's a couple of things that, that come to mind. First of all, it's going to depend in large part upon what state and region you're in. Uh, we're not allowed to have fans, so it's not even a decision on our part. Um, and, and so we we can always fall back on that. But um, if you're in a region where you were allowed to, but your school has decided not to, um, you really just have to emphasize that. Look, the first thing, uh, the the thing of first importance is the the health and safety of not just our athletes, but our our college communities. Okay. Um, that the the issue here is bringing you know 100 to 2,000 people on campus who we don't know what their health situation is, and to bring them on campus jeopardizes not just athletics; it jeopardizes the entire community. Um, and and whether they agree with that or not doesn't matter. That that um, a school is prioritizing it does. 
so we we dealt with this quite a bit this year no visiting fans but we had you know in our in our football stadium 487 seats that were all accounted for on on day one when we made the announcement um you can be perfect in in getting the word out you can get it out as many times as humanly possible and visiting fans or fans if it's no fans they're going to show up um they will and uh you need to uh we we decided that we had we had to have a unified voice on, on how we communicate with those because it could be um it could be a student ticket taker that that is out front that's encountering that fan it could be a security guard it could be me could be a, a coach from another team that happens to be walking by um everyone needs to know the answer to why um and ron hit all of them it's about your campus bubble it's about campus safety um and in our case we have gone to no fans after already being compliant with the you know the the, the amount that are would be allowed in in the arena but we decided that, that if, if it was enough for our county health department to um, kind of ramp up on the health order it was enough for us to go no fans um, I I don't know who hates it more if our students hate it more or if I hate it more um, because because I want to be back in there with 1500 of my my best friends watching a basketball game um, it's not reality right now it's 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 what we can do to uh, get folks on the floor and, and playing um, and and what you have to be prepared for and this is this is just there will be another version of this someday um, and that's people aren't going to be happy there's no answer you can give them that's going to make them happy if they if if we're in Kansas and someone flew in from California because it's their son's last last football game um, they booked that flight. They came out to, to try and see if there was any way they had a hotel and you have to tell them no, they're just not going to be happy. And you just have to be prepared to, um, you have to be prepared for that unhappiness. There's nothing you're going to say that's going to make that okay in their mind. And that's okay. That's awesome. Thanks guys. And uh, one more question and it'll be the last one, unless we get one more, we got a couple minutes left here. Um, what suggestions do you give SIDs in promoting upcoming games, considering the number of football basketball games that have been postponed even hours from the game so that you're posting accurate information? So that delicate balance of we want to get the word out, we want to let people know we're playing, but then, you know, what happens when, like the, the post was saying, hours before the game, all of a sudden you're canceling the game. How do you kind of manage manage those expectations ron you're shaking your head no well i'm thinking all you can do is be be honest with people at every stage you know um in my release this morning about adding a game um there was some bit of tentative um language in there right we are planning to play <laughs> um because we don't know if we're playing frankly we have to, our athletes have to be tested day of um, we can cancel a game two hours beforehand. We don't know uh, what's going to happen. We can only plan and then we get out the word and we just have to be honest at every stage. I think having a plan as well, you know, an action, that's something we discussed in our department when we had like our first sudden dis uh, cancellation uh, day of was, oh my gosh, like what was our action plan? Because 
we had an instance where student athletes from that team were already tweeting about it because they were bumped and we hadn't said anything yet. And it was like, okay, like you're in survival mode and trying to get something out right away because, you know, something has already come out uh, and, you know, news outlets are watching what student athletes put out. And so I think it's really important to have a plan, period, um, because we know it's going to happen. It's not um, if it's going to happen, it's when will it happen? Um, and being able to have that plan and knowing, okay, first and foremost, for us, it's social media, right? Putting it out immediately on all the accounts. It's getting a short release out um, as soon as possible. But on the flip side of that, we're going to continue to promote as much as we can our student athletes because we're proud that they're out there having the capability to play. Um, so being able to promote them on, you know, game days with graphics and things like that is not going to change. Um, we just have to be ready to adjust um, if something does happen. So having that plan in order of what's best for your, again, your audience, like who is your audience and how are you going to reach those people? Awesome. Steve or Aaron, do you guys have anything to add to that one? No. All right. Uh, I think no other questions have come in, so we'll go ahead and wrap it up. We'd like to thank everyone for joining today's informative session and a big thanks to our presenters, Aaron, Steve, Bree, and Ron for the discussion and insights. If anyone wants to reach out to you, you know, what's the best way they can do that? We'll go uh, Steve first. Yeah, um, you can you can come look at all my my smart aleck tweets if you want to. It's s wilson underscore ad. Uh, but I will throw out that that anybody that's got a question um, or or just advice, I don't know that I've got great advice, but my email is steve wilson at kw.edu. Awesome, Bree. I'll go the same route. You know, Twitter, uh, Coach B underscore assistant ad. Uh, I think it's on some of the information that they've put out, as well as email blcampbell at jessup.edu. You can find us on the website. Um, but always welcome, you know, good good insight. Give me a couple minutes. Sometimes the recruit emails flood, so I'll, I'll get to it as soon as possible. Ron? Oh, you're muted. <laughs> As the oldest guy here, email is probably good. rosmith at westmont.edu. And Aaron? We're just waiting for Ron to join Twitter one of these days. It's going to happen. <laughs> going to happen. Um, yeah, Twitter, uh, Aaron Sagres26. So then email is just aaron.sagres at cornerstone.edu. And I just, I love hearing from other people what their campuses are doing. So, um a different ad's different SADs that have different ideas i think is a huge part of the sharing ideas right now because there's no textbook for what we're going through um i, I really appreciate steve from the athletic director level and other ad's across the nei and some of the smaller colleges of just sharing ideas of how we do this how we're trying to do this and we may make the wrong decision and you guys as SADs are probably gonna make the wrong decision sometimes it's okay, we just learn and go on with it. And uh, Steve's grace word, it's a really good thing. So I appreciate you all. Awesome, thank you guys. A reminder that you can find this webinar on demand later this afternoon on CoSIDA.com and on CoSIDA's YouTube channel. All the links to this will be on CoSIDA.com's website. All the on-demand options are free of charge. Later today at CoSIDA.com,
we'll have a June Stewart Leadership Series podcast with Director of Athletics Jason Horn from the NAI's Xavier University of Louisiana and NCAA Managing Director of Communications, Gina Leahy. Next up in the Coast Ida webinar series is an on-demand webinar and a live webinar. Thursday on CoastIda.com, you'll see an on-demand free webinar on adjusting on the fly, how to prepare for sudden competition disruptions, cancellations, and scheduling issues. Also on Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern, invite your student assistants, interns, and young professional colleagues to join the Zoom session on technology skills needed as an SID. NAI CIDA will return with a Teachable Tuesday webinar on January 5th for mental health, wellness, and time management tips. Thanks for joining us today and happy holidays to everyone. Thanks, Zach, for leading us.